It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Good morning, America. I'm Jay Christian Adams. It's great to be here subbing for Sandy Rios today. Thank you all for joining us. I've been here before for Sandy. Some of you have all been there when I was subbing before. I am the president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation, nation's only law firm dedicated totally to election integrity. Former Justice Department lawyer, we'll talk more about that this hour, about the Justice Department. And you can follow me on Twitter at electionlawctr, electionlawctr. And did you hear this week about the coup? There was an attempted coup of the government. Some of you have heard about this. Oh, but it's not the coup you're thinking of. There was another attempted coup. Doesn't get quite as much attention. But it's just as real, if not even more significant, because it had a real chance of happening, as opposed to one that really was not going to go anywhere. This one was led by somebody who I bet you don't even know his name. Very few of you know his name without looking it up. His name was Nicholas John Roski. Nicholas John Roski from California. See, Mr. Roski decided to initiate a coup by reversing the direction of the government, by overthrowing, overthrowing what appears to be a majority on the Supreme Court to reverse Roe versus Wade. Mr. Roski, uh, you guys know who I'm talking about now. Well, I would tell you, in my view, that what happened last week was a coup attempt because it was going to undo one of the most significant Supreme Court decisions to come out in 50 years. Probably. Don't count your chickens before they hatch. So Mr. Roski, Mr. Roski was from California, and according to media accounts, he wanted to give his life a purpose. That's his quote. He wanted to give his life a purpose. So he decided the best way to do that was to kill Brett Kavanaugh, to kill a justice of the Supreme Court, and thereby release, or I should say reverse, what is probably coming down the road in the form of overturning Roe v. Wade. Now, look at all the events of the last couple of weeks related to Roe v. Wade and the Dobbs decision in Mississippi that's going to be decided this term. Look at the coordinated planning, the leadership, the involvement of money from the left, the, the dog whistling from Chuck Schumer, pre- senator from New York, on the left, 
about Brett Kavanaugh is going to have to pay a serious price, that's his quote, and all the other dog whistling on the left to the crazies. And lo and behold, what happens? The crazies show up at Supreme Court justices' homes with a Glock in the middle of the night and a crowbar and zip ties. Yeah, that's what was in the backpack of Nicholas John Roski as he got out of a cab in Bethesda, Maryland, attempting a coup, attempting to kill Justice Kavanaugh. And who knows who else with him? There's children in that house. People like Nicholas John Roski don't usually stop at the target because they're wicked. So here we go, attempted coup regarding the Supreme Court of the United States. Do we hear much about Nicholas John Roski in the news? Any televised hearings? Any select committees of January 6th House Un-American Affairs Committee meeting to investigate this? How about primetime wall-to-wall coverage of the attempted coup on the Supreme Court? No, of course not. Because he was going to do something that 95% of the news producers, they wouldn't agree with the murder, but they'd agree with the result, meaning they'd agree with Roe v. Wade not being overturned. Do not underestimate me on this. These are people who believe in the ends more than the means. We've seen their kind throughout history. I'm Jay Christian Adams. I'm in for Sandy Rios. We'd take your calls today at 1-888-589-8840. Today we're talking coup. Two coups, two different types of coups. But I thought we'd start with the more recent attempt of Nicholas John Roski. Well, it really gives you a glimpse inside the, the pro-choice wacko movement, doesn't it? <laughs> that that somebody could show up at someone's house with a Glock and zip ties in the middle of the night. He got out of the cab and he saw the marshals and he ran. And then, oh, it gets better. He decides to call 911 because he's decided now he might kill himself. So that's Nicholas John Roski. And what could have possibly given him some courage? Might it have been the mobs that have been appearing in front of Supreme Court justices' houses? Let's talk Justice Amy Coney Barrett. Not only did the mob appear at her house, a group called like Ruth sent me, like some seance, you know, I'm from the beyond. I've been sent from the beyond. Ruth sent me, meaning Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the departed Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ruth sent all these people. We don't know how they got the message from Ruth, whether it was on a Ouija board, whether it was like tea leaves or bones, who knows? But Ruth sent them. And they show up at people's houses and and agitate and yell. Now, just for a refresher, remember when I hosted for Sandy a couple weeks ago, I had written an article at PJ Media that talks about the fact in Virginia it is a crime, criminal, to protest at somebody's house. Not so in Maryland, but in Virginia it's a crime. And I raised the question why Governor Glenn Youngkin and the state police who have power to enforce the law across the Commonwealth of Virginia, were not arresting people. And at the time, some people go, oh, well, you know, these are just peaceful protests. You know, what harm could come from that? Yeah, what harm can come from that? Nicholas John Roski. Because eventually, 
the sane people t- step aside on the left and the real lunatics take control. It's a pattern that repeats itself over and over. So Nicholas John Roski is the next phase of the illegal criminal Virginia House protests. Now, here's what I'd like to know. Why wouldn't the government in Virginia, and I've named one name, but I'll reserve the rest. Why wouldn't they call out the state police to enforce the law? Oh, well, it might be unconstitutional, say the egghead professors. Okay, let a court say that, not the egghead professor. Let a motion to dismiss be filed by the protester's defense lawyer and let a judge say it's unconstitutional and then let the attorney general of Virginia appeal that to the Virginia Supreme Court. Let's let the process play out. Let's not let the thugs dictate the rules because right now the thugs are dictating the rules. Right now, the thugs who are showing up at people's houses on the Supreme Court and protesting and screaming are dictating the rules. Oh, for Amy Coney Barrett, the thugs Ruth sent us have threatened to go to her child's school. School! This is what happens when you don't stop the thugs in the first place. This is what happens when government officials in Richmond say, oh, that's a local matter. And of course, the local officials in Fairfax County are, are a Soros bought off Commonwealth's attorney, meaning DA. So nothing will happen there. He'll instruct the sheriff, don't do anything. Okay, so where's the state police? They have those awesome gray-blue uniforms in Virginia with the Smokey the Bear hat. Why aren't they in front of Justice Alito's house and Justice Barrett's house and Justice Barrett's child's school? Where is the law, Virginia? Does it really exist anymore? We're taking your calls at 1-88-589-8840. I'm Jay Christian Adams. We're talking coups today. Now let's move on to the other coup, so-called coup, that we do hear about on ABC, NBC, CBS. That's the January 6th Select Un-American Activities Committee hearing. That's the primetime show. We get to hear all about that. And, 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 and even better, to help orchestrate the theater, the House and Senate, House and Senate uh, Un-American Activities January 6th Committee has hired TV producers from ABC News. So you bring in the best when you have a story like this to tell. That's right. They've, they've actually hired... From ABC News, a media, a media uh, maven who will orchestrate the theater, do all the video production. You know, I was traveling when the hearing, uh, the, the Un-American Activities Committee January 6th hearing was on TV last week. And it was funny going through airports and on planes because certain people had like set up shop in the middle of the, of the airport to make sure everybody knew they were watching. It was, it, was, it was almost like wearing a mask out in the park, right? It was, it was like the folks who had to like put the laptop on top of all their luggage and turn the sound way up so everybody knew they were watching the Un-American Activities January 6th hearing. Or on the plane, 
people had to hold their phones up and watch it so everyone behind them could see it. There's only one, right? It's always just that one person in the park with the mask. But we had to be sure that they were going to let us know that they were one of the interested special people. So we're going to get more into the details of this coup in this next segment. My name is Jay Christian Adams. Again, one 589 Want to hear from you today. So we've got two coups we're talking about. The first one is the coup against the Supreme Court by Nicholas John Roski, who tried to kill Justice Brent Kavanaugh and thereby flip the balance on the court because, of course, a Joe Biden justice would be appointed and confirmed by a Democrat Senate. So don't underestimate the effectiveness of this coup. This was a coup that actually used weapons. This was a coup that actually planned to kill, to change the balance on the Supreme Court of the United States. That's the first coup. The second coup is the one we're going to talk about next. Did you watch? You know, did you even know it was happening? Sometimes you think you have to really, really pay attention and watch things like MSNBC to learn about this stuff. Because these guys exist in another universe, don't they? Another universe where, where up is down, right is wrong, left is right. You could tune in again. They're going to have more episodes of the Un-American Activities Committee. Coup hearings coming your way soon. Jay Christian Adams, 1-88-589-8840. Taking your calls next. What do you think about the two coups? Do you think the coverage is fair? Do you think one side is more right than the other? We want to hear from you. Give me a call. I'm Jay Christian Adams in for Sandy Rios this morning on American Family Radio. Coming back right after this. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, watching your hard-earned dollars just flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option called MediShare 65+. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it really is a community. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B that fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. It's great for peace of mind. And you can use your Medicare-approved doctor and get prescription savings, dental and vision savings. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're great to talk to on the phone. Here's the number. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. 
Persecuted Christians in China, they're beaten, jailed, and threatened with death, and they need your help today. This is Bible League International, and just outside of Beijing, 12-year-old Ming became a believer after learning English as a second language through a program from Bible League because the Bible is the source of the reading assignments. Ming would lead her father, Daiku, a Confucianist to Christ, but her bitter atheist mother has turned them in for attending a house church near their home outside of Beijing. Now, we're not sure what's going to happen to these two, but they remain faithful in worship, and they're praying for Bibles because in their church of two there's only about three Bibles. Many are known to stay after the service to write down some scriptures just to have something to take into their week. And 50-year-old Katsu, beaten and jailed many times as a pastor, he led his atheist interrogator to Christ. Together they've seen thousands come to Christ. They need Bibles in China. We're sending God's Word to 16,000 persecuted believers. We have to do this by the end of June. So at $5 a Bible, call 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give it sendbiblesnow.org, sendbiblesnow.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Hey, this is Evangelist Nick Hall coming this summer. Together 22, 50 years ago, Explo 72, led by Billy Graham, rallied an entire generation to share the gospel. This summer, June 24th and 25th, we're doing it again. And it's free. Together 22 will feature some of the biggest names in Christian music. Some of the best preachers coming to equip you. More information at Pulse.org. The Burbank Unified School District in California has decided to ban a number of classic novels. To Kill a Mockingbird, Huckleberry Finn on the list, so is the John Steinbeck classic of Mice and Men. School leaders say parents had concerns the books were racist and might harm black children. Now, I wrote about this problem in my book, Culture Jihad. The left is waging a war to erase anything they disagree with. Anything they find offensive must be destroyed. It amounts to a cultural cleansing of our society, a culture jihad. And don't think the book banning is over. Consider this question. If the left was offended by the plot of To Kill a Mockingbird, how do you think they're going to react to the New Testament? This is what the Tear Down the Statues crowd has wrought on our nation, folks. Be sure to download my free podcast, Listen to my national radio show, live noon to 3 Eastern on ToddStearns.com. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Good morning, America. Jay Christian Adams in for Sandy Rios this morning on American Family Radio. Thank you very much for joining us. You can reach us at 1-88-589-8840. We'll be taking your calls in just a moment. But let's talk about the two coups. The first coup is the one you're probably more familiar with. I'm using the term coup with a bit tongue-in-cheek, folks. It was the prime-time wall-to-wall coverage coup hearing of the Select Committee on Un-American Activities regarding January 6th. Wall-to-wall, ABC, NBC, CBS, oh, MSNBC, they got the highest TV ratings. And the second coup, is the one you don't hear much about, was the one plotted by the pro-choice movement, Chuck Schumer and Nicholas John Roski, a would-be murderer of Justice Kavanaugh, who went to his house in the middle of the night with a Glock, zip ties, and a crowbar. Would have overturned and reversed the Supreme Court majority on Roe v. Wade. The Dobbs case in Mississippi. Now, 
Let's take up the January 6th event first. Here's my take on this. As you know, I'm an election lawyer, president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. All I do is election law, going back to when I was at the Justice Department voting section, almost 15, I guess, years ago now. The 2020 election was a complete mess, contrary to what all the shills will tell you, how it was all perfect and nothing went wrong. It was lawless. The systems to prevent fraud broke down. New systems were developed, like vote by mail, that led to illegal voting, that led to coercion of voters because the election was not taking place in an election site with government officials watching it. The rules were changed in the middle of the game. When you play Monopoly, you call that cheating. And a lot of people paid attention. And a lot of people were upset because that's not how you do things in America. Talk about a coup. There's a coup. You change the rules in the middle of an election? You ignore the law? Bureaucrats do things that the election code prohibits? Oh, that didn't happen. That's the big lie. Oh, really? Let's talk about a case called Reed versus Virginia State Election Board. I know about this case because I argued it in court. The Commonwealth of Virginia State Election Board issued illegal instructions to election officials to allow mail ballots to come in for days without any postmarks and be counted. Well, that's the big lie. No, 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 no. It's real. It happened. And I went to court on behalf of Thomas Reed, an election official in the Shenandoah Valley, and we had a judge declare that the actions of the State Board of Elections of the Commonwealth of Virginia were illegal. Now, that's just one case. Our law firm has four lawyers. We can't do Reed versus Commonwealth of Virginia everywhere, such as Pennsylvania, where the exact same thing happened over and over and over again. Namely, the law says one thing, the election officials say do something else. In my mind, that's a coup. In my mind, that's illegal. Maybe we should have primetime hearings about how election officials all over the country ignored the law. How about that for primetime hearings? In Arizona, in Pennsylvania, in Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Minnesota, they ignored the law, or they rewrote it on their own, like they were the king. Oh, I'm the king of Wisconsin. I'm the king of Green Bay. I get to rewrite the laws. And that's what was happening all over the country. I call that a coup. After all, what is a coup? It's doing something illegal in an effort to replace the government. Ooh, that sounds a lot like Pennsylvania as it relates to early voting. Or that sounds a lot like Pennsylvania as it relates to whether you need a witness signature requirement. Okay, so fast forward, the election takes place, and a lot of people are pretty mad, and some of you listening are probably in that camp. And you all went to the Capitol, 
and you protested that. Now, some of them, some of them broke federal law and entered the Capitol building knowingly. Some entered it unknowingly that it was illegal, but they're being prosecuted too because apparently intent doesn't matter. And when you get prosecuted for entering the Capitol knowingly or unknowingly, you basically get held without bail. <laughs> you know, we hear all about criminal justice reform. Doesn't apply to coup participants, at least the Capitol coup, not the kill the Supreme Court justice coup, although it probably will apply to him. There'll be no bail posted, you would think. Who knows? And if there was bail set for our friend Nicholas John Roski, who attempted to kill Brett Kavanaugh, I, I have a feeling like NARAL or one of the pro-abortion groups would probably post it. That's just my opinion, but it's sort of informed because I see how these people play. Now, if you carjack somebody or commit some other federal crime, you have bail. If you knowingly or unknowingly enter the Capitol, you, you don't. And you get to hang out in solitary confinement in the D.C. jail. Yeah, the, we're real used to this, folks. We understand what you're up to now as far as unequal justice. We, we've been watching now for about a decade. I watched when I was the Justice Department and I brought the new Black Panther case. I saw how justice was doled out based on your ideology or your skin color. Wrote a whole book about it called Injustice. It's 10 years old, you can still get it online. So the January 6th committee is investigating the coup. And let me try to de decode and translate what they think for you. Okay, get ready. Here's my translation services coming. Here's how they view the world. That Donald Trump lied about everything related to the election going wrong, voter fraud, manipulation, so forth. Okay, that's the foundation to all of their theory. Now, we know that's not true. I just gave you one example Reed versus Virginia State Board of Elections. There's one. There's more. We could do 10 shows on all of them. And Donald Trump lied about that. And then he asked his organizers or his supporters to come to the Capitol. And they developed a legal theory to overthrow the government. That's the next step in their version of the coup. That their, their goal was to overthrow the government. It wasn't to enforce the law. It wasn't to use the Electoral College the way it was designed to be used by the founders, which was to look back at the election to make sure everything went right. It was to overthrow the government. I want to talk about the Electoral College in a minute. And then the version of the January 6th on American Affairs Committee is that they went to the Capitol and tried to hang Mike Pence. And therefore therefore prevent the tallying of the electrical votes. It's, it's like a Harry Potter novel or, or some crazed fever swamp paranoia, kind of like Nicholas John Roski, who was looking for purpose in life and decided to book a flight, drive to Brett Kavanaugh's house with a Glock. This is madness. It didn't happen the way they're describing. But see, they've got all the tools of the media and all of the tools of power 
to shove that narrative down people's throats. Now, the good news is people aren't paying attention. It's the same usual group, the crowd that walks in the park with a mask that's paying attention. Oh, some of you listening out there from the real world, I'm sorry, let me describe what I'm referring to. Up here in D.C. and New York and other places in the Northeast, you will see a single individual walking in the park with a mask on outside. You, you might not have encountered that in Dallas and, and Tupelo and across the rest of the real world, but here in D.C., it's a regular occurrence still. An, a single individual alone, often a 24-year-old girl or woman, will be walking in the park alone with a mask on. Because after all, death looms. COVID lurks. So you must have that incredibly effective paper mask when you go for a walk in the park. Those people care about the January 6th Un-American Activities hearings. What do you have to say? I want to take your calls at one 589 8840 Good morning, Steve. What do you have to say? Good morning, sir. Yes, I would le- ask you to inform the people about the uh, Chinese game called Wai Chi, which is a strategy <laughs> game. They have been playing it against us for 35 years. And everything that you have mentioned this morning comes out of the use of that game as far as planting the people in the appropriate places so uh, that we have the results that we have now. We have a Queensling in the White House. We have an illegal uh, government. And there's no one there in the senators that will take their tail out from between their legs and do anything about it. And it's a good thing that we have you, a clarion voice, that speaks the truth of what's really happening. Well, thank you, Steve. I confess the only Chinese game I know how to play is Chinese checkers. And I'm pretty sure it's not even Chinese. And I'm pretty sure you probably can't even buy it anymore. It's probably been you know burned on the pile behind uh, Toys R Us with all other offensive toys. But I will tell you that this is, this is, this is a real problem. What you talk about is how they have all the levers of power and they're able to push a narrative that something happened on January 6th that didn't happen. Now, something bad happened. Let's be clear, Right Wing Watch, because I know you love to pull quotes when I host for Sandy. What happened was not good. I was tweeting at noon for it to stop. I didn't even know there was a January 6th rally. Demetrius, you're in Texas. What do you have to say about the two coups? Oh, good morning, Jay. Uh, thank you for your time. Um, so I'd like to add on a whole lot, but I know time's limited. So I did 25 years in prison. And in prison, there is a plan just like what they're doing out here. It's like a small town. Um, they allow gang life to flourish in there. They allow the gang life to control the system to an extent in order to pass policies just take away what limited rights the prisoners already have. How does that affect out here? We have these people in strategic places. It's not a conspiracy theory. These people think that way. They want to control the, the masses and the population. So what do they do? They allow such things to happen without prosecution. And I'm a felon saying this now. Um, 
they allow things like this to happen in order to say, you see, we need more gun control, or you see, we need to have this law passed and whatnot. And all it does is strip the, the, the rights of the people. Now, once again, I'm a felon saying this. They was convicted of a crime, and rightly so. And after 25 years of watching a system destroy people, even though they're lawfully convicted in there, a lot of them, they still want you there. They do not want you outside because if, if we rehabilitate anybody, guess what that does to their jobs? So, therefore, allowing stuff like this to happen to threaten Brett Kavanaugh, uh, Amy, and, and going to their houses and allowing these laws to be broken allows them to continue to push forward policies and laws that allow them to strip our rights as a nation. Uh, right. And, and for the work that you do. Well, thank you, Demetrius, for calling. And, and uh, I, I really appreciate that you, you're paying attention to this, uh, especially with the story you tell. And look, we're going to get into this in the next segment. Even when they're wrong, these people have a fallback that's even more dangerous than you realize. Even more dangerous and destructive the Constitution. They're really after something, Demetrius. You're right. You're onto something. They want to destroy something. And what that something is, is the Constitution. They hate the Constitution. Folks, Make no mistake about this. They're no longer in hiding. They literally, professors at law schools are writing articles in the Washington Post saying it's time to get rid of the Constitution. I'm not overstating that. You can find it. It's out there. They hate the Constitution. And why do they hate the Constitution? Two reasons. One, they hate the people who wrote it. Because after all, a bunch of them are white slave-holding men. And therefore, anything they touch is bad and must be destroyed and replaced. The second reason they hate the Constitution is because of what it does, and it limits power. It was the first document in human history to govern a nation that was designed to limit power rather than give power. And that's what they really hate, because these are the progressives of old. These are the ones who always lusted over power, no matter the age. And these are just their great-great-grandchildren. And they don't like the fact that power is limited. They don't like the fact that our Constitution makes us more free than any other nation in the history of the world. That's what they really hate. They like to be controlled. Remember the woman with the mask in the park. I'm Jay Christian Adams coming right back with the reasons that they love the chaos. I want to hear from you. 1-888-589-8840 on American Family Radio. This week on Truth For Life, we're continuing our examination of biblical marriage. We'll take a closer look at the significance of the wedding vows, and we'll learn about the roles of husbands and wives. How do we fulfill those roles God's way? That's our focus this week on Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Truth For Life, weekday mornings at 1130 Central on AFR and online at AFR.net. Bishop E.W. Jackson. What needs to be told to these black men is get a job, stop fathering children that you can't take care of, stop hanging out in the streets, and stop acting like the cops are your enemy anytime you interact with them, particularly when you're interacting with them in a situation where you know they've come expecting potential trouble because of the circumstances you've allowed yourself to be in. 
How about trying that? Weekdays at noon central on American Family Radio. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. One word has proven to be debilitating in our society, the D word, discrimination. What we fail to realize is discrimination is not automatically a dirty concept. We discriminate against thieves and murderers when we send them to prison. We discriminate against sexual predators by keeping them away from children. And yes, we rightly discriminate against men when we keep them out of women's restrooms. According to Psalm 1, we have to discriminate against the counsel of the wicked in order to be blessed. Good thing God isn't debilitated by the D word. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. What's your favorite place to visit when you go to the Holy Land? Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. That's a question I get asked frequently, either before we go to Israel or while we're there with the folks that we see the Holy Land with. And I have to say, my favorite place is, and there's so many places to visit, it's like picking your favorite child, right? Which child do you love the most? So it's hard to say, but I got to tell you, going to the Sea of Galilee, getting on the boat and riding out to the middle, and then having a worship experience there with the folks who are with us, it's just hard to put into words. For all the information on our March 2023 trip to Israel, go to the website twholyland.com twholyland.com. Everything's there, the cost, the itinerary, etc. Join us, won't you? This is Frank Affney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Last week, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin and his Chinese counterpart, General Wei Feng, held an emergency meeting in Singapore. Evidently, it went pretty much as have other conversations between senior Biden officials like Secretary of State Tony Blinken and National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, which is to say the Americans were rhetorically mauled by their truculent interlocutors. The problem wasn't simply that Defense Minister Wei declared his country won't hesitate to go to war over Taiwan. The truth, evidently unacknowledged by either minister, is that China has actually been engaged in unrestricted warfare against us for over two decades. When an enemy makes a point of directly threatening you, it is advisable to prepare for conflict. Unfortunately, Team Biden is instead signaling a lack of resolve, and worse yet, encouraging American investors actually to underwrite the Chinese threat. This is Frank Afney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Good morning. I'm Jay Christian Adams in for Sandy Rios this morning. It's great to be here subbing for her. Thank you, Sandy. And we're talking about the two coups. Coup number one is the attempt to kill Brett Kavanaugh. Coup number two is part of the January 6th Un-American Affairs committee hearings that were on TV last week. And I want to tell you what I think are the two most dangerous positions for the fans of these hearings. 
for Jamie Raskin, congressman from Maryland, Nancy Pelosi. But first, Bell, you're in North Carolina. What do you have to say about the January 6th on American Affairs act- activity uh, hearings? Yes, I mean, it's just the blind leading the blind. I mean, you know, these people, it's like they can't see, but they say they're Christians. I mean, I mean, it's... Well, I'm not sure they all do that now. Don't, don't give them credit when credit's not due. That's what I'm saying. They say that, you know... I mean, if they had the real spirit, you know, because the Bible said he leads you and guides you, to, you know, the truth, all directions. And so somebody's, you know, not out there. And they keep calling Trump. I said, Trump loves America. But, you know, I'm having problems in my church with the same stuff. I and mean, it's just, I mean, you know, my heart goes out to the justices. I mean, what they're having to go through. But Nancy Pelosi can sit up there with security all around her and just throw her hands and, you know, it's just, you know, I, if the church would just go up and take a stand, the true Christians, you know, a lot of this stuff could be, um, you know, disputed and, and, you know, justice would prevail. Right. And you mentioned Nancy Pelosi and they keep holding up security for Supreme Court justices in Congress, a bill to increase the security around the Supreme Court to prevent a coup. But Nancy Pelosi's not so interested in that. Let me let you guys in on a little secret what the, the Democrats are deadly afraid of about all of this coup talk. And I'm going to be lawyer for a second, so please forgive me, but I think some of you like to hear these insights. So I'll tell you. There's two things in the American system that they are terrified of. One is the independent state legislature doctrine. Now, what does that mean? When the founders wrote the Constitution, they wanted to lock lock power as much as possible into a body closest to the people. They also feared a direct democracy because they know it always ends in bloodbaths. So whenever you hear all these uh, 20-somethings crowing about democracy, you know, 4,000 years of blood uh, is their pedigree. But The independent state legislature doctrine says that it is the state legislatures who have the ultimate power to elect the president, to decide the qualifications of electors, meaning voters, and in the old days, elect senators. And the reason the founders put this power in the hands of the state legislatures was because they were closest to the people And my guess is every single one of you listening could get your state legislator on the phone by the end of the day. In other words, the responsive. And when people are close to you and talk to you and care about you and are your neighbors, they tend not to put you in gulags. That's the historical truth that animated the founders in the Constitution, vesting the state legislatures with a lot of power. Now, what does this have to do with January 6th and the Un-American Activities Committee hearings? They hate it. The Democrats hate the Independence Day Legislature Doctrine. And they're petrified of it, and they say so. But they know in the end that's what's in the Constitution. 
That's what's in the Constitution is state legislatures have the power to decide a whole bunch of stuff in times of crisis, including who is the president of the United States. And that's what they really hate. And they're trying to scare you about the independent state legislature doctrine because it's very scary to them. They would much rather have the Harvard government affairs graduate doctrine. They would much rather have the Yale master's doctrine. In other words, if you graduate from Harvard or Yale, you get to decide what happens. That's their governing model, is the elites. The Congress of PhD political scientists, that's who they would rather see in the Constitution get to decide things. You know this. You know it's true, what I'm saying. They prefer the elites, not the people, to decide. That's, by the way, the fundamental divide in this country. When it really gets down to it, that's one of the the best proxies for right and left, is who gets to decide. They want lots of degrees after your name. They want the person deciding to have gotten into Cornell or Brown through affirmative action with a uh, college essay that talks about transforming the country. And then that person to get a job to decide everything in Washington. That's their version of America. And it's true what I'm saying. The second thing they hate is the Electoral College that's in the Constitution. They hate it. Because they want direct democracy where Philadelphia, Detroit, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and New York decide who the president is. That's called national popular vote. They want the big cities to have the power. And the Electoral College dilutes the power of big cities. It also does something that's part of the January 6th on American Activities hearings. This is important. Listen up. It gives you time to reflect on the conduct of the election. I've been writing about this for decades. The Electoral College gives state legislatures, remember the first one, independent state legislatures, gives them time to look in the rearview mirror and say, was this election done properly? That's why one of the president's lawyers was focused on, number one, the independent state legislature doctrine, and number two, the time of reflection by the Electoral College. And the people who are enraged about January 6th, you know, the ones walking in the park with the mask on by themselves, these people hate both the Electoral College and the independent state legislature doctrine. And you cannot underestimate the role of these two constitutional principles in the frenzy about the January 6th hearing. I'm telling you, folks, it's what's driving all of this as much as hatred of Donald Trump. Because there is a plausible, I'm not saying more likely correct than not, I'm saying plausible argument that the independent state legislature doctrine plus the Electoral College's rearview mirror glance at the election, namely, was it conducted fairly and without fraud and shenanigans? Which, of course, the answer to that part is no. We all know that. Reed versus Virginia State Board of Elections, I'll say it again, and I could do a whole show about all the other instances of shenanigans. It, that's what the whole January 6th hearing is about. They hate the Constitution's 
independent state legislature doctrine and electoral college. Now, they'll guzzy it up about Trump and fire extinguishers, and oh, they won't talk about the Capitol Police killing somebody, but you know that also happened. The January 6th hearings are about hatred of these two principles. They just won't tell you that, and they'll ridicule you if you say it, which I just did, right wing watch. Go ahead, write it up. Adams says January 6th hearing is about hatred of the Constitution. Not quite. That's not quite what I said. I said it's playing an important role. I'm Jay Christian Adams. Lisa, you're in Louisiana. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Thank you very much. Very well, thank you. And I hope everyone else is doing well this morning. I have a two-part question. Has the leaker ever been found, and why is it taking so long to expose the leaker who started the first coup? And then what's preventing the governor and neighbors to stop the protesters in their neighborhoods? A couple of great questions there, Lisa. <clears throat> Let's take them in order. First of all, has the leaker been found? No. But I can tell you who the leaker is. It's a progressive employee at the Supreme Court. <laughs> Sorry, no name, but I do know that it's a progressive employee at the Supreme Court who hopefully will not have a legal career. My guess is it's one of the like 12 clerks for either Sotomayor, uh, Kagan, and uh, I'm I'm drawing a blank on the roster. I'm sorry. But that's who I think it is. And what, 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 what the update is, is we don't know because, you know, Justice Roberts has had them sign affidavits, we're told, and that created all sorts of outcry. Let's flip the script here. Imagine if this leaker was, you know, shall we say out of the conservative camp, more likely. We would have probably wall-to-wall ABC news coverage. I'll bet you the House would hold a hearing, <laughs> right? We have primetime January 6th style hearings about the corruption of the Supreme Court, about the need to add more court justices. You know, they turn everything into uh, an effort to benefit their cause. So that's the first thing. Roberts has not exactly gone on the warpath. Hopefully things are happening that we don't know behind the scenes. So I don't have an answer to that. Your next question was, why has not more been done to protect the justices in their homes? Well, let's focus on Virginia. And if, if we mentioned earlier in the show, that in Virginia, it's a crime to protest at somebody's house. You aren't allowed to protest at someone's home, period. It's a Virginia crime. In fact, you can get an injunction if somebody tries also with punitive damages. There's a lot of weaponry to stop it. Why is it not being used? Well, if you listen to the government of Virginia, they'll say this is a federal matter and that Merrick Garland is to blame. Okay, maybe true, but I can tell you there's a lot more on-point statute in Virginia that says you can't process at someone's house, it doesn't require intent to influence a judge. There's no mental state requirement in the state law. You just protest at someone's house, you've committed a crime, period. So I wish the officials in Virginia, whose names I mentioned once and won't mention again, would stop pointing the finger at Washington and start doing their job. Call the state police. Now, they'll say, well, this is a local matter. Okay, I'm going to research that. I'm a Virginia lawyer, and I'm going to research whether it is really just a local matter. 
and whether the state police and other state officials in Virginia don't have the power concurrently with the local officials. Uh, local officials. And when I come back and substitute next for Sandy, I'm going to call you all out on it. So that gives you a little time to fix the problem about mobs showing up at Justice Barrett's house in Virginia and start enforcing the state law. Because I have a feeling the state police probably have some general jurisdiction. I know I see them at other events, like arresting John Wayne Muhammad and those uh, snipers. Oh, we can't do anything about the snipers because that's a local matter. Really? We're going to find out. And I'll get back to you on that one. So, Lisa, that's the update on whether the SCOTUS leak, uh, leaker has been found. Answer, no. Sorry, that no news. So justice seems to be pretty unequal. If you try to kill a president, hey, go on a book tour. Good morning, Steve. You're in Arkansas. What do you have to say this morning? Uh, good morning, Jay. Uh, just quickly, now, they're letting uh, John Hick- Hinckley out of prison. So we get into the subject of the history of presidential assassinations. Okay, and, you know, and if, he, if someone's going to be let out of prison, not a big deal to murder the president, then let's go for the Supreme Court next. And then look at propaganda, and I'll run real quick. You know, they had, when I was a kid, uh, the Nuremberg trials, they said that uh, uh, was Rudolf Hess was uh, he was put in prison for life. They printed it for 50 years. And Rudolf Hess was hanged at Auschwitz in 1947. So okay, got- well, there we go. We, 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 uh, we drifted into there. Uh, so, folks, thank you very much for listening. I'm Jay Christian Adams. You can follow me on Twitter at ElectionLawCTR. President of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. Lots about election integrity there at publicinterestlegal.org. I really appreciate you guys listening and caring so much. Talk to you soon. You're listening to American Family Radio. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.